Next on BYU Sports Nation, with all the early season trials BYU basketball will face, is it all about the WCC tournament for the Cougars? And with injuries to BYU's bigs, do the Cougars have a team that's capable of winning by playing small ball? And a week away from Jaron Hall's starting quarterback debut, head baseball coach Mike Littlewood joins us to talk expectations for the dual sport athlete. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler. What's up, BYU Sports Nation? We are live. We're your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. It is Friday, October 4th. Thank you for tuning in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard. Teamed up with a man who, unlike Mark Pope, would have no problem fitting into a race car, Blaine Fowler. Yeah, did you see that from Mark yesterday? That's pretty impressive. Down in Vegas for WCC Media Day, and he goes out to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and... To watch him try to get into that race car, did a little race car driving. Yes, yes. He had to kind of slink his way into that car, and you get a chance to, to look out on Twitter and see it. To get that six nine body, he had to go through all kinds of contortions. So there are some yes. advantages to not being six nine. In that case, I think it's better to be five eleven and a half, right? Uh, I would love to be five eleven and a half. Yeah, there's there are certain times in my life uh, where I would love to be tall. That is not one of them. I have driven by the, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway uh, countless times. I have never been there. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I actually have. And, but I haven't had a chance to drive cars. You can actually go out and drive the cars. And, and uh, I, I saw Mark. Is in- that something you want to do? I, I, want, I say I want to do it, but I don't know if push came to shove if I would actually do it. Well, you can go out to Larry H. Miller Speedway out, out right. west, and you can do that right. as well. I, I actually want to do it. You can go down to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and you can ride in a car with somebody going 180 miles an hour or whatever crazy I can do that on I-15. But, yeah, but I do that all the time when I ride with my wife. So I would rather drive. I want to drive one. I want to drive one. So Yeah, that's, that, would, that, would be, that would be fun. And, yeah, at, at six foot nine, uh, head coach Mark Pope – uh, squeezing into the the race car, and now, and now we've got a picture of it for those watching on BYU TV. You can see the uh, the six foot ten. And by the way, we're shortchanging. Uh, oh yeah, I forget. Six, but you 10. know, what? he played at six ten. But is he giving us basketball measurements? Because basketball players always measure in their sneaks. It's true. It's and true. so, so I'm saying he's really just a little over six nine. All right. Well, there we go. The the thing is. It was, uh, it was a good day in Las Vegas. BYU picked finish third. We'll get to that coming up in just a second. And obviously, a fun day for everybody involved down there heading out to uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Here's today's show lineup. BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood is going to join us here in Studio B coming up a little bit later to talk about BYU quarterback and BYU outfielder Jaron Hall. We'll get his thoughts on, uh, on his uh, baseball player and his thoughts on him being the starting quarterback next week at South Florida. Also, a way-too-early basketball edition of What's the Chance? Plus, here's a great story. Janae Hyde, she wrote a story for the Daily Universe about BYU's experience in Harlem with the Harlem Jets this summer. She's also a BYU cheerleader. We will have her on the program coming up in about 40 minutes. But until then, let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As I mentioned just a moment ago, BYU men's basketball picked to finish third. That according to the WCC preseason coaches poll, Yoli Childs and TJ Haas were selected to the all-WCC preseason team. Also yesterday, BYU head coach Mark Pope discussed Gavin Baxter's injury and what it means for the style that the Cougars may need to play. 
you know, Gavin's injury makes me nervous, and the prognosis of it makes me nervous. And if he can't play, it makes us really small. More on the possibility of playing small ball coming up uh, in just a second in trending. Hey, Ziggy Ansah recorded a tackle in last night's Seattle Seahawks 30-29 win over the L.A. Rams. Jamal Williams is listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Cowboys after suffering a head and neck injury against the Eagles. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots look to remain undefeated against the Redskins. And Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. We always mention the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. This is for you, brother. It's, it's they, they, host, they host the Colts on Sunday night football this week. That's right. Number four, women's soccer. Beginning West Coast Conference play tomorrow as it travels to Santa Clara to face the Broncos. The Cougars are a perfect 10-0 and are looking for their first ever win at Santa Clara. Listen to the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM beginning at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. And women's volleyball on a roll improves to 4-0 in WCC play, sweeping Pacific last night in Stockton. McKenna Miller led the Cougars with 13 kills. BYU is at St. Mary's tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time on the WCC network. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. With the suspension of Yoli Childs for the first nine games of the season and now the injury to Gavin Baxter, size or lack thereof becomes an obstacle to overcome. We're, we're, we're limited in our size, right? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some challenges for us. But, but on the flip side, you know, we have a chance to kind of redefine how we play and how we attack the game. Blaine, does BYU, do they have the personnel to win with small ball? Because it certainly sounds like that's the direction this team is going just based off of personnel. So uh, that's a, it's a great question and, and one that we're going to debate a little bit. I, I think they do, but, but we, they're going to have to get used to playing that way. So it may be a little bit of a slow start. TJ Haas is as good as there is in the league at breaking down a defense and getting into the interior of the defense. Now, last year, he'd get into the middle, kick it to the perimeter, and they would not consistently knock down shots. To play small, you got to be able to do that. You look at that potential starting five, that's not a big group. But I think Connor Harding takes a huge step forward this year and shoots the basketball extremely well, and his production is going to go way up. Jesse Wade, a guy that we haven't talked about much, the transfer from Gonzaga, he's a great perimeter shooter. You spy him up on the perimeter, let T.J. Haas do his work, kick it out there and knock it down. And we all know about Jake Toulson. We talked about him yesterday. Jake Toulson is a game changer on the perimeter. He's a very confident shooter. He's a great, very confident scorer. I think, I think it'll be... Interesting to see how they figure out what role each guy is going to play, but it certainly has the possibility of being a team that shoots lights out from the field and can force other teams now all all of a sudden have to go, wait a minute, do we need to play small to match up with BYU because they're going to push the basketball, they're going to shoot the basketball from the perimeter. Do we have to take our big guys off the floor? Defense is a concern. Can BYU defend in the post? Maybe they play more zone. Dalton Nixon's a tough guy, but he's not huge. This is is a big question. In the end, I think yes. By the time the season gets rolls in in the WDCC, I think they will be playing well as a small ball type team. My answer to that question is we're going to find out. And it certainly puts a lot more pressure on the guards to carry the bulk of the scoring. And you mentioned it, TJ Haas, uh, Toulson, 
uh, Jesse Wade, Connor Harding, Zach Seis, all of these guys will have more responsibility from a scoring perspective. The biggest concern you just touched on a second ago, the biggest concern going small is on the defensive end. If teams, if all they need to do is throw the ball in the post to get easy buckets or to dominate the boards, that's where BYU is going to have to make its biggest adjustment. And I think what you said, maybe you go, you maybe go zone. That, that, that's where I'm. I have more concerns on the defensive end than I do on the offensive end. I don't think this team's going to struggle to score. They've got enough scoring players and sh- and shooters now on this roster. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Getting Yoli back towards the end of non-conference will help, but losing Gavin is such a major blow. Dalton Nixon, Kobe Lee become even more important than they already were. And then if you can get Richard Harward, who's trying to get a waiver after transferring, that will help this team immensely. Yes, BYU can win that way, but the degree of difficulty certainly shoots up. Especially early. Hey, transfer or the, the waivers could yeah. be huge. Oh, it could. And, the, and, and if we knew that they had the waivers and they could get Harwood on the floor right away, I would, ch- I would change my opinion on this. I, I would say I'd be more confident that they'd even be good early. But once they get Yoli back, I think they're going to be okay. They're going to have to create mismatches for other teams on the offense. Well, see, and, and that's why, off, off, like I said, offensively, this team's going to be able to score. BYU's been in a system for a long, long time where you have it's guard oriented and you can you can score from the, from the perimeter. That that's not something that's new, even for some of these players who have been on different systems. I think it's defensively where being small is where you have to make your biggest adjustments. All right, let's go to topic two. Coming out of WCC Media Day and on the heels of this bad injury news uh, to Gavin Baxter, head head coach Mark Pope said that he hopes his team grows. Exact quote: Hope the team grows from early season obstacles and is ready to be its best self when it matters. In those first nine games, it might not be the best team we have through the course of the season, but it's going to make us a better team when it all matters at the end of the season. So with all that in mind, and with Coach's quote, is this men's hoop season all about the WCC tournament? Does it all just point to that? Does it point to Look, before the Yoli suspension, I would have said no. Being full strength during non-conference would have given BYU that chance to to really put its best team forward against some really good competition and lay that groundwork for a possible at-large bid down the line. Not having Yoli to start the year makes that more difficult. So throw on top of that the Gavin Baxter injury, and then everything points to playing well in WCC play and then peaking in Vegas at the conference tournament. I think that's kind of what your goal is, and I think that's what Coach Pope was alluding to. Look, I don't want to sound like the rest of the season is not important because it is, but NCAA postseason hopes would seem to hinge on making some noise in conference play. So how do you do against Gonzaga and St. Mary's and then getting hot in Vegas for a few days and then seeing what happens? I, I, I agree with what Coach Pope said. I, my question is, do they have to win the tournament to get the NCAA, or can they just play in the finals? And, and I think the, the ability to win early to build an NCAA at-large type of a resume is going to be a tough thing um, without Gavin Baxter in the lineup, with Yoli not playing. So with that, um, I think they're also going to have some growing pains early, trying to figure out how to play small ball and who plays what role and who's going to be the primary shooter and how they're going to defend. I do think they'll get it figured out. So to me, an at-large bid, it's not completely out of the question, but I think it's a long, long, long shot because of the situation in the early season. I do think they'll peak come WCC tournament time. I think they'll play very well. I think they at least need to play in the WCC tournament final if they have any thought of getting back into the NCAA tournament this year. Well, and, and this idea that you want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year, that, that's certainly nothing new. Every coach, regardless of the sport, they want to – the whole object, the objective of the season is to – 
play well, get better along the way, and the when, at the end of the year, when you have your most meaningful games, be playing your best. Now, it would be great if Gavin Baxter were in the mix all season long. The good news is you are getting Yoli back towards the end of non-conference. He'll be back for the Utah game. That will be the 10th game of the season, so he'll be back, have a couple of games in non-conference, and then see what happens with, with conference play. Again, how do you do against the St. Zaga teams? Can you, can you split? Can you do better than a split? That's when you're going to be able to make some noise and increase your chances of maybe not having to win the tournament in Vegas, but maybe just getting to the championship game. I th- it, I th- the groundwork is all laid in what you do in conference play and then hoping that you peak in Vegas. And the other thing is you really want you want to root for the rest of the league in non-conference right. play, so the strength of schedule yes. is improved. You want that's Pepper, always a problem. You want Pepperdine to be as good as we think yes. they're going to be. You want the Zags to be great like they always are. You want St. Mary's to be great like they always are. You want to split with them, and and you want the league to be as deep as it can possibly be. This is the the case where you're rooting for your league to play extremely well every single night out, except for when they're playing you. Yeah, well, that's, that's they, what BYU needs. And the, that's, the league has to play their part. That's been one of the biggest concerns, and Mark Few has has talked about this that the teams at the bottom of the league in terms of strength of schedule really pull everybody else down and that's something that uh, that certainly is it will be looked at finally topic number three we're going to switch gears just a little bit jaron hall will be byu starting quarterback a week from tomorrow at south florida and this is going to be his first start at qb as a byu cougar what are your expectations for jaron hall well the best news for for jaron hall and for byu is that the first game is against USF. <laughs> and, and, and that's because they've struggled defensively. So I think regardless of who is playing quarterback in this game, I think Joe Critchlow could be playing quarterback, and, and they would move the football. They should be able to run the football. There shouldn't be a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, and, and so I think that he has a chance to get things going, get on a rhythm, understand what his strengths are. The coaching staff and Jeff Grimes have to understand what his strengths are so they know what to call. I think that this is great. This gives him an opportunity to get in sync, understand how to use his talents best before they face Boise State. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I I think he's going to play extremely well over these next three games. His athleticism and his flat-out speed, it's eye-opening. I mean, he's going to cause defenses big-time problems. He's going to cause them problems when when he's just rolling and scrambling in the pass game. He's capable of turning a a play that's not working on third and five, not just into a first down, but into an 80-yard touchdown. And and you see against Toledo's 3-6 came in at the end of the game. I thought he played with with poise, uh, that he was put in a very, very difficult situation. But but this guy has all it takes to be a great player, and his athleticism and his speed is going to give nightmares to opposing defenses. He's going to be very tough to defend. I have high expectations for Jaron. I expect him to play really well. And I expect the offense to take advantage of his athleticism, like you talked about, possibly more run plays from that position, more RPOs. And I don't think – look, I think it's natural – that you wouldn't want to put too much on a, on a guy's shoulders who's making his first start. But I don't know if it's even necessary to even pull back. Remember, Jaron was the guy getting first-team reps all through spring. This is a guy that was getting all those reps with these guys that are out making plays now. I, I don't know if you have to pull back on the offense or change it that much. I, I think he has a great understanding of what the, the offense wants. He knows the offense. He knows his teammates. And I can promise you they have confidence in him. I think Jaron's going to impress people. You make a really good point. Sometimes when a new quarterback comes in, part of the process is for him to prove himself to his teammates. Yeah. Oh, he did that in spring ball. 
His teammates are unbelievably confident in him. They know that he can play. So that hurdle's done with. And he's a very intelligent player. And so I think he's going to take care of the football. And that's the key at the quarterback position. Number one is take care of the football. And already this season, BYU's had too many turnovers that have turned into points for the other team. If if Jeremy will take care of the football, take advantage of his athleticism and make good decisions, this team's going to rally around him. You watch. After three games, we're going to be going, wow, this kid is really playing great. Brings us to our question of the day. What are your expectations for Jaron Hall in the next three games? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter from at Texas Colonel, forget the next three. Let's focus on the next game. I expect the same that we saw from Wilson. Great play, fast running, protect the ball, building confidence. Yeah, I I, I don't expect I don't expect Jaron to look like this is his first start. This is a guy that is very, very confident. Not in a cocky way, though. He's very confident in his abilities. He's very confident in the fact that he can get the job done. And his teammates, like we were just saying, his teammates are confident that he can get the job done. And that, that says a lot. Well, and here, you know, we've, I talk a lot about how athletic he is and how fast he is. Don't get me wrong. That's just because that's, he's just so amazing in those areas. Yeah. He's so above what a normal quarterback in college football is in those areas. He's also a very fine quarterback. So he's not going to be an athlete that's playing quarterback. Right. He's a quarterback. He's intelligent. He can make all of the throws. He's extremely accurate. This will be a quarterback that also happens to be a world-class athlete and in multiple sports, mind you. And so so I think we're in for a treat in the, in the next few weeks as, as uh, uh, he gets his game rolling out, and I think this team's very, very confident. Yeah, chime in on our question of the day. What are your expectations for Jaron Hall in the next three games? You can chime in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and don't forget, use hashtag BYUSN. Well, coming up, what's the chance BYU basketball finishes the season ranked higher than third in the WCC? But next, guess who we have in Studio B? There he is. BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood gives us the inside scoop on outfielder slash quarterback extraordinaire Jaron Hall. It's coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, fear not. Download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play and enjoy on demand. And while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review BYU Sports Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Live from Studio B, we are your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard alongside Blaine Fowler. And joining us now in Studio B, anytime we can be in the month of October and talk BYU baseball. I am a happy camper. The head coach of the BYU baseball team, Mike Littlewood in studio. Coach, good to see you. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Not only October, but every single month out of the year is great. Great yeah. to talk BYU baseball in, in my eyes. I cannot disagree with that. I do want to ask you, and obviously we want to talk to you about Jaron and, and things like that, but several key players graduating, some of them on the pro ball in, in Jackson Clough and, and others. There are a lot of new faces on this team. How's fall ball going? Because I know that's, that's underway right now. Yeah, it's going great. We have 21 new faces um, out of wow. a 35-person roster, uh, 17 freshmen. Uh, it was our best recruiting class ever, according to Collegiate Baseball, who ranked us number 25 in the country. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. Brent Herring, Trent Pratt, our, our recruiting guys, and have just done an incredible job. Uh, Brent's our recruiting coordinator. So they've done a great job. It's, it's fun coaching these guys. Uh, we're going to Utah. We play Utah tomorrow in a 14-inning scrimmage. Uh, we're going to start probably three freshmen on defense and 
we'll run out probably seven or eight freshmen on the on the mound. So it's exciting. It's they're a little bit deer in headlights right now. We're trying to get them all on the same page, um, but it's fun. It's it's been a really fun fall so far. You know, those who followed the baseball team this last season know that Jaron Hall was juggling baseball and football, uh, including being called into that game against St. Mary's immediately after arriving from football practice. What kind of athlete does it take to be able to pull that off? Well, to see what he did, first of all, what, what an incredible kid. You, you know him. Um, just uh, He's got no guile. He came into our team last year uh, just like a sponge. He was, uh, and he told me, he goes, I, I just want to learn. I want to try to get better. And, and he really did that. He wasn't faking it. I mean, he really did. But to see him do his schoolwork on the bus, and then he was on his iPad studying all the football, all the, the offense. And he's pretty locked in as an athlete, um, physically, emotionally, mentally. I mean, he, he's locked in that way. But I remember the Utah Valley game when I didn't even know he was, I didn't even know he was in the dugout. <laughs> and he ends up getting the game-winning hit. He came over from football and got the game-winning hit in like the 10th inning. So just a great kid. I'm happy for him, for the opportunity. And he'd be the first one to tell you, that um, he wouldn't want Zach to get hurt. You know, he he would be the backup. He would accept his role, one hundred percent the entire season. As, as we call him QB two, just as a joke. Um, <laughs> now he guess he's QB one for the rest of the season. But um, I'm happy for him. Good kid. Yeah, and this is a guy people gravitate towards him. And I mentioned his confidence. He's a very confident guy, but he's also. What, kind of what you were talking about. It's very humble. That, yeah. that is that is an that's an odd combination to have. And if you can master that, it's fantastic. And teammates just love that. It's interesting because he's he's uh, so confident in his abilities. You you spoke to this just before, and he's such a good athlete. Uh, he, and he's so well rounded. He doesn't have to talk about it. Yeah. And he's got so much confidence that he can almost go the other way. He just he's got so much humility. Um, great teammate for us in baseball. I mean, we take him any day of the week. You know, so he gets this start against South Florida. I'm, I'm confident that he's going to be ready for that. I mean, what's your thought on this opportunity for him? Well, I mean, if you talk to him, just he's he's always thought he's the number one quarterback. Even as, and I'm not saying he thinks he should have been. He just feels like he's the number one quarterback. And so I think this this opportunity that's come before him um, is going to be awesome for him. And you you spoke to it again. It's just like he's going. People are going to go. This kid's amazing. Um, I don't think it's going to be a step down. Uh, he's super, super athletic, and he's confident. I, I te- text with him just a little bit yesterday, and he's ready to go. This is, this is not something that's unique. Now, it doesn't happen every day, but multiple sports, guys coming into college wanting to play multiple sports. What, what, is, what is unique about, about Jaron and his skill set that translates between the two? Well, athletically, he's very, very good. Baseball is kind of A to B, um, where football's A, B, C, D to Z, you know, all the way through. you got to cut. you got to do different things. Baseball, really, in the outfield, once the ball's hit, if you have good instincts and you can run, you know, 40, 50 feet and catch the ball or, or even up to 90, 100 feet and catch the ball in the outfield, he's got those kind of skills. He's got great instincts on the bases, and he throws the ball pretty well. It's interesting in baseball, he throws the baseball. When he came out early, he threw the baseball a little bit like a football. He's short-armed it a little bit. And then as the season went out, football, when football, spring ball ended, and it was just baseball, he lengthened his arm out a little bit, uh, like you'll see outfielders do. So that was interesting to me. And then what that did is got a little bit more carry on the ball for him. And so uh, just athletically, from instinctively, from A to B, stealing bases and running down fly balls, he he had a great play. Um, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was a deep play. So 
it was a fly ball to him in the outfield, which he knew he couldn't catch. And just instinctively, he acted like he'd catch it, froze the runner from first to second. I remember that. Got a one-hop and threw him yep. out at second for a force play. I remember that play. Most people don't think about that, but that's a hu- it was a huge play in, in that game to keep a, a runner off, off scoring position. So it does all the little things, too. What's the plan for him this next season? And what happens if he's the superstar in football this fall? Yeah, we're just – I'm leaving it up to him, 100% up to him. I mean, you know, right now he'd, he'd – I think he could be a draftable guy in baseball, but he would have to just play baseball. Baseball is one of those sports at this level, and he, he'd be the first one to tell you, it's hard to walk out at this level and just with seeing great pitching that we see and be able to be successful um, you know, 10 times out of 10, put, the, put hard contact on the ball 7 times out of 10. It's really tough to do. And so all the defensive stuff's good, but it's just the at-bats and seeing off-speed stuff and adjusting to the pitching that he needs a little bit more time and our guys are going out and playing 60, 70, 80 summer, summer games and, and then all this fall stuff and getting 100 at-bats in the fall. He's just missing that. So he's behind a little bit. I, I have to brag about Mike a little bit because we talk about Jaron Hall being a dual sport guy. This guy sitting next to me was an unbelievable not only dual and multi-sport athlete, but when, when he came to BYU as the baseball coach, Mike and I have known each other for a long, long time because Mike's one of the top basketball officials in the country in college basketball. BYU Was. fans don't see him. <laughs> no, this is true. And, and, and this is his peers tell me this. You know, his peers are like, man, we miss Mike. He's unbelievable. A great basketball official, big-time college basketball. BYU fans don't see him because, because he's a BYU guy. He wasn't able to officiate BYU games. He's not on BYU's list. But I would see him all over the country yeah. doing games all over. And when Mike walked into the house, I'm like, oh, good. we got a good officiating. No, that's nice here. of it. Yeah. Do, you, do you miss that at all, Mike, the, ba- the basketball part of it? You know, I don't miss the travel. I was working 70, 80 games a year, and uh, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of travel. Never in the same city, really. Uh, but I miss, like, the... You're, the butterflies you get before a game, and being when I'm when I'm at our games or at another game, just being down on the court, seeing all the guys work. But what I'm doing now gives me gives me those butterflies. Believe <laughs> you know, believe me, it, it does. And so I, the trade off is is this. But really, officiating is the only thing I've done since I played that gave me those gave me those feelings of oh, I'm pretty nervous. My first my first Sweet Sixteen game was in uh, St. Louis, 38,000 people there in the Edward Jones Dome, and I didn't think I could blow my whistle. And uh, Joaquin <laughs> Noah comes down, I'm on, I'm on the baseline, and he throws an elbow up into a guy's, you know, uh, up into a guy's chin. I had an offensive foul, and it was just like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> it's, it's I can like breathe. Once you get hit, it was weird. you make a call, That's right, yeah. it's all good. No right? doubt. So, yeah, but I appreciate you saying that. No, so. I don't know that a lot of people understand how, how we could bring him in here, we and he talk, and I have talked. We could talk college oh, basketball. Without and, question. And at some point, we want to get you in here and talk yeah. college basketball, because Mike can break it down as good as anybody in the country. And BYU's really fortunate to have a guy with so many talents uh, coaching this baseball team right now. And, and I wanted to ask you about some of, the, some of the former players that are making their way up through through the the minor leagues, uh, Colton Shaver's a guy that yeah. was making his way up, and I, I believe finished in Double A with the Astros. Jackson Clough in the in the Nationals organization, um, Schneeman in with the Indians, Maverick yeah, Buffo with, with the Blue Jays. What, what do you hear from some of these guys? Well, Buffo and Shaver are both playing in the Arizona Fall League, which is all the prospects go there. Um, Schneeman had a great year at, at shortstop with the Indians, um, finished in high A ball. I think we have ten guys playing right now. Jacob Brugman's in in Triple A. Um, and shoot, I, I wish I could name them all, but Buffo, Coach Herring went down and watched Buffo in the fall league and said he was 93, 95, throwing strikes with a couple wow. pitches and looks really, really good. And I know that the Astros love Colton Shaver. They're trying to convert him to a catcher. Um, he was a catcher in high school, right. but trying to see if he can catch that way. And so really proud of our guys and what those guys are doing now in pro ball. Uh, Clough is in the instructional league down in Florida with the, with the Nationals. 
what they're doing is just kind of keeping the door open by their success. I mean, every guy we've sent out pretty much is, is really having success. Um, the opportunity for our guys on our team now, the, the door's wide open because I think scouts and organizations are realizing that when they leave here, they're ready for pro ball and they're going to go in and be successful. And they're going to be great guys too. And you just had your highest ranked recruiting class ever. Does that play into that as well? The reputation that, hey, we're sending guys into the leagues? I think no, no doubt about it, yeah. Um, college athletes are egotistical, just like college coaches are, um, and probably college TV and radio they guys. Are. <laughs> well, especially radio guys you know, but TV you guys. Just, you, you, they want to go. They want to come in. They want to play on TV, and they want to get drafted, and they want to, that, those are their goals. And so um, I think we've got guys. We've, we had four guys drafted out of high school that this year that decided to come here that turned down money. Um, it just, it's just great, and there's a great buzz right now. And um, we, we're looking at even our 2022 class that we've, we've have five, six, seven offers. Just, you know, we can't name who they are, but that's an incredible class too, kind of like this 2019 class. So we're trying to gather those 22s and, and just and think about it. They're, they're high school sophomores yeah. right now. So. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing is if you want to get an opportunity to, to see this team, the team that will be on the field the upcoming season, uh, you mentioned you've got a, you got a scrimmage. It's, it's a home-and-home. You're going to play Utah mm-hmm. twice yeah. in the fall. Uh, you're facing Utah tomorrow, and then they're in Provo at Miller Park on the 25th. If, if people want to go see uh, the team tomorrow, what, what are some of the details? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a 14-inning scrimmage tomorrow. We're going to run 14 pitchers out there, one inning each. The game starts at 1 o'clock. But the NCAA, starting last year, has allowed us to play two games. Um, we can market them. Um, you know, they're just like regular spring games. It's free of charge, so just come in and we'll take batting practice. If you want to come early to Smith's Ballpark tomorrow, I think at 1130. Um, gates will be open then. And so, yeah, be, come out and just see our team. I mean, it's a, really an opportunity to see the entire the entire group, um, where in, in the spring you just kind of see the, the 12, 13, right. 14 guys that always play. This is a chance to see everybody play. I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be great weather. Yeah. It's a great day to be out, so go support the baseball team up at uh, Miller Park, right? Yeah, and then the 25th. Or Miller Park on the 25th, but uh, yeah. up at Smith Ballpark Smith tomorrow, ball, yeah, and Miller tomorrow. Park on the 25th. Yeah, and then uh, our game here uh, on the 25th starts at 3.30. Great. Coach, great stuff. It's always great to see yeah. you. Talk Appreciate a little baseball. It. Thanks for having me. Talk about Jaron Hall. We're, yeah. I think we're all excited to see Jaron next week at South Florida. Yeah, can't wait. Can we get wait. into basketball? Bring you back for some basketball. I'll be back. Talk referee. And yeah. We got there it. Awesome. Yeah. He's the head coach of the BYU baseball team, Mike Littlewood. All right, coming up, a cheerleader who I guarantee is the busiest person on the BYU campus. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to want to stay tuned for this one. Plus, what's the chance BYU splits St. Zaga? We'll discuss next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Fourth-ranked BYU soccer looks to remain undefeated as they hit the road to face Santa Clara on Saturday. Hear Greg Rebell on the call at 4 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, or on the BYU Cougars app. Let's keep it rolling here on BYU Sports Nation. Jason Shepard, Blaine Fowler. Let's update you on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball picked to finish third, that according to the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll. Also, Yoli Childs and TJ Haas were selected to the all-WCC preseason team. Also yesterday, BYU head coach Mark Pope discussed Gavin Baxter's injury and what it means for the style of play that the Cougars may need to utilize. You know, Gavin's injury makes me nervous, and the prognosis of it makes me nervous. And if he can't play, it makes us really small. Certainly something to pay attention to as we get closer to the season. Ziggy Ansah recorded a tackle in last night's Seattle Seahawks 30-29 win over the L.A. Rams. And by the way, Jerem Jordan and Kellen Fowler were both in the house. I wonder if they, if they saw each other. I don't think they Probably saw each other. Probably didn't even know that the other Because Kellen would have said, hey, 
Dad, I just saw Jaron. But he didn't do that. He's like, he I didn't even know Jaron was a Seahawks fan. So, so two Cougars were in the house last night. Jamal Williams is listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Cowboys after suffering head and neck injuries against the Eagles in that terrible hit. Yes. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots look to remain undefeated against the Redskins. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and your Chiefs. Super Bowl champs. And guess what? They're my Chiefs, too. Yes. They host the Colts on Sunday Night Football. I'm, I'm a huge Chiefs guy now just because of Andy. Yeah. You, you realize that Andy was a graduate assistant oh, yeah. to Mike Holmgren coaching quarterbacks when I was a freshman. Yeah. And I, I love Andy Reid. I'm going to actually get to see or the when Chiefs. when I was a sophomore. I get to see the Chiefs in two weeks. Spencer and I are going out to Denver to see the Chiefs and the Broncos. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, Very I, excited. I, I usually just follow players, not teams. Yeah. With Andy there and Danny there, I'm, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I'm with you, man. All right. Love it. Love all the Chiefs talk. Number four, women's soccer begins WCC play tomorrow as it travels to Santa Clara to face the Broncos. Cougars right now a perfect 10-0, looking for their first win ever at Santa Clara. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM beginning at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific with Greg Rubel. And last, women's volleyball improves to 4-0 in WCC play. They swept Pacific last night in Stockton. McKenna Miller led the Cougars with 13 kills. BYU's at St. Mary's tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the WCC Network. I'm excited about this next segment. There's some uh, some interesting questions we're going to ask each other. We like to call it, What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? What's the Chance is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. All right, I'm going to give you a scenario. You give me, you think, a percentage on what you think my, the chance of that actually chance. happening. What's the chance BYU finishes a season ranked higher than third? Remember, they were picked third, according to the coaches' poll. So what are the chances that BYU basketball finishes the season ranked higher than third? I am going to go 50% chance right now. I know, but there's just too much up in the air right now around BYU's ability to play small and and whether or not they're going to be able to win consistently without bigs to defend. So I think time will tell, but right now, I believe that it's a 50-50 proposition. But that brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. So the stat of the day is BYU hoops have finished conference play at or higher than their preseason ranking six of eight seasons. So most of the time... They don't when, underperform, no, ever. Yes, they, they, where they're picked is usually where they finish. The two times that they didn't, is when they were picked second and finished third. Right. Those, and so they've never been worse than third. They've never been worse. Than, I, I'm saying 40% right now. And, and I'm going to use something you said. There's still a lot of unknowns. We don't know. Right now I would say 40%. I think it's going to be tough if BYU does have to play small ball, and it certainly looks like that's going to be the case, especially for the first nine games of the season where you know Gavin's probably not going to be there and you have Yoli that's going to be out for sure. I think 40% is is about right in terms of the chances that they get higher. But here, here's the thing. You know, it's all about, like we talked about in, at the beginning of the show, it's all about once you get into conference play, getting in a rhythm, seeing what happens against St. Mary's and Gonzaga, and then going into the WCC tournament, you know, playing your best basketball. Right now, I'll, I will say 40%, though. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think Pepperdine's going to be really good this season. I, I think they've got a chance to And be they've given BYU fits back. in the past. And so that, that's, I think they're better than they've been, and they've got experience coming back, and that's going to be a tough one for BYU. So we'll see how that goes. I think that they can play small against Pepperdine, though. And so, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. So let me give you a, a okay. what's the chance, okay. okay? So what's the chance? We just saw the schedule. 
that BYU or saw the rankings that BYU splits St. Zaga. So four games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Can they get to two and two? What's the chance? Look, the, the question for me, and it doesn't always play out this way, I, I don't see any reason why BYU can't split with St. Mary's. It's whether or not you can split with Gonzaga is the question. Because it's Gonzaga, if it were just one or the other, I would probably be able to give you a higher percentage. Because it's, it's having Gonzaga in the mix, I'm going to say like, like 30%. It's just very, very difficult for BYU to beat Gonzaga. And I understand that you know they had won a couple in a row up in Spokane, but I, I, I just I think it's going to be difficult, especially if, if you're a little bit shorthanded this year. So I'll say 30%. And the thing, the thing that's tough, Jason, I, and I, I think you're close to right, because I'm going to say 25%. Okay. So I, I had picked 25%. BYU, when they have had the opportunity to beat Gonzaga up there, played them big and played them physical. I think about uh, Kafusi going up there and banging people around when he was playing on the basketball team. I don't know that BYU has the size to match up with a, Z- a Zags team that's going to have all kinds of size again this season. And so I'll be happy with one and three against St. Zaga. I really would. Uh, two and two would surprise me. I'm giving them a 25% chance of being, of being two and two. Okay. All right. Uh, this next one, this one's going to be fun. Uh, Zach Selius who we're all hoping is going to be back and ready to go, and all indications are he'll be ready to go by the regular season. Uh, Zach Selyus is growing a mustache. Yeah. Are you a mustache guy, by the way? Do you like mustaches? I'm just I'm, – I You're know. indifferent? I'm, You're... I'm, I'm completely indifferent. Okay. I had one when I was at BYU for, for a year. So there's a picture of me in one of the media <laughs> well, you need guys to find that picture. where I have a mustache. And when I look back at it, I'm a little bit horrified. Well, uh, head coach Mark Pope was asked about I look said like a mustache. criminal, some type of a criminal. <laughs> Listen to this. Growing a straight-up, legitimate mustache. Phil Jackson style? I mean, Yeah, but with way more swag than <laughs> Phil. You know what I'm saying? Phil was like old school and disinterested. I think Zach is going for more Hollywood. You know, that's not a bad mustache for those watching on BYU TV. So here's my question to you. What's the chance Zach Selyus inspires a trend across Cougar Nation to grow mustaches? So even though I think Zach looks better with it, he just seems more credible to me. He seems tougher <laughs> seems to me. More mature so, with it? He does. He just seems like... Facial hair will do yeah. that to you. So, so even, even though I think Zach looks better with it, and I think this is a good move for him, I think there's a less than 10% chance that Cougar Nation grabs hold and this becomes a thing. I, th- I think a soul patch movement <laughs> soul. might... Speaking soul, of Phil Jackson... A soul patch movement... <laughs> If Celius did that, that might take off in Cougar Nation. But I think mustache is old news. I think it's good for him, but I don't think it's good for Cougar Nation. I'm going to say 57%. And I actually want it to be higher because here's my rationale. We here at BYU love an excuse to grow approved facial hair. So once people know about this, it's going to happen. I, I, to be honest with you, I said 57%. I'm going 87%. Just for 87%. The oppor- once people realize this is a thing, like, wait a minute. We want look. That's what the assistant coaches. Can we throw that back up on the, on the screen? If, if this you're is listening the on the radio, we just put the whole assist, the, uh, coaching staff from BYU basketball like, with mustaches. Yeah, that, this is what. But those are wider mustaches. I was going to say somebody's robbing a bank with those mustaches. Which uh, Cassidy the Sundance Kid? That's what they look like right there. Okay, now it's my understanding. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That that you guys have also put up. Uh, you have a picture of Blaine and I with mustaches. Oh. This Do is, I understand that, would that be, this is... It would be a good look. I tell you, it would be a good look. Or was I misinformed on that? 
All right. Uh, no, they didn't get it. We okay. don't, look, look, we'll, we'll we just, just saved every, we'll we everybody that look, by the way. You could pull it off, though. I, I, I actually I, think I look good with a mustache. I, I feel My like, wife does, too. I look like a criminal. So, so okay. Well, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to uh, the next one. What's the chance BYU has one more guy on the postseason all-WCC team than they do on the preseason? So we know they had two. Yes, they had the two. They had, you had Yoli. So what's, what's the chance? Let's go through this real fast. Uh, I will say 90%. Uh, Yoli, TJ, and Jake Toulson will all be in the mix and could all all be on it. All three of them. I'm going to say 90%. I like their chances. I went with 86.5 because I think Toulson maybe is the newcomer very, of the year. Very specific. So. With that, coming up, the BYU versus Utah rivalry is renewed for BYU baseball this weekend. More on that in Cougar Whip Around. But next, BYU cheerleader and writer for the Daily Universe, Janae Hyde, is in studio to recap her experience with BYU football and more to life. That's coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinator's Corner is back at its regular time Monday as Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb discuss Cougar football. Tune in Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Mountain on BYU TV. Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler, welcome back in to BYU Sports Nation. Happy to have our next guest in Studio B. Her name is Janae Hyde, and let's just go over the list of accomplishments. She's a BYU cheerleader, senior at BYU in the communications news media program. So, so you're a, a student at BYU. Mm-hmm. You're a cheerleader. You are captain of the stunt team. You are an Army ROTC cadet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a BYU athletic communications intern. Honestly, where do you find time in a day? Oh, it's crazy. I feel like every second of my day is scheduled out and I just have to stick to it. Otherwise, I'd probably lose my mind. <laughs> it's, it's a, hey, being a BYU student's not an easy thing. This is a, a rigorous academic program. I can't believe you're doing all of these things. And we see each other down on the field uh, before games as you're with the cheer squad. You had a unique experience. You had the chance to travel to Harlem with the mm-hmm. BYU football program to see up and close and personal what Kalani's More to Life Foundation is doing, um, specifically with the Harlem Jets back there. What was that experience like for you this past year? It was really special. I feel like because nobody's really gotten to go with and kind of get that outsider perspective. And so it was super unique to just really see what More to Life is doing in Harlem. And it was incredible that they kind of let me participate in something. So they have like a little cheer program with the Harlem Jets as well. And so some of their cheerleaders were sticking around and I brought some of my old palms. And so I got to go interact with them and have them show me a cheer and give them a pair of my old palms. So it was really special. And it's awesome to see what BYU is doing all the way in New York. Well, and this opportunity that obviously meant a lot to you almost didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Explain the story on, on how you this even kind of fell into your lap. Yeah, so my class, because I was in a class during spring term, that's like advanced news reporting, and all of my classmates got the opportunity to go to an island off the coast of Columbia because there's a big basketball community there, and I ended up tearing my Achilles in March with cheer when we were at one of our stunt tournaments, and 
so we were just talking and they're like, there's not a lot of medical care on this island. So if anything happens, like there's only one flight to Panama, which is the closest like medical care for you. And so we just decided it was not the best option for me. And um, so I knew because of cheer and seeing the boys going last year to New York that I knew about more to life a little bit. And so I proposed to the comm school about, hey, what if I go to New York? Because there's hospitals there if anything happens to me. (laughs) And I mobbed around New York in a boot. (laughs) But um, yeah, so my professor, Dr. Boyle, helped me put together a proposal to the comm school and they approved it. And uh, Brett Pine and uh, Kalani and all of them were super excited to have us. And being an intern, I was able to kind of work with them and Yeah, so they let me come, and it was awesome. That's awesome. We're talking with Janae Hyde. She's a BYU cheerleader, but she also was able to travel to Harlem uh, with BYU and the Mortal Life Foundation and chronicled that in a piece in the uh, the Daily Universe. We've had a couple of of the guys that have been a part of that. Micah Simon uh, specifically is kind of what I'm referencing, and he talked about how it it changed his life. Mm -hmm. Did, Did it have that kind of an effect on you? Oh, definitely. And even now, I'm just like, I want to hit up Dwayne Busby and say, can I come make shirts in the office or what can I do to help? And he's even kind of talked to me about, he's like, maybe next summer you can come just take pictures for us or stuff like that. So it's honestly, I want to be more involved or possibly help female student athletes to maybe get involved. Everybody we talk to talks about the experience and how good it was for them. Talk about what this does for the the community in in Harlem. Oh, for sure. I think, and just talking especially with the leaders, so with Jamel Wright, he's the founder of the Harlem Jets, or with Claudia, the the principal of the school that they work with there, and just talking about how with these kids, it's awesome that they get to see these people that they can relate with more, and just seeing, okay, that there is that potential that I can go to college, that I can live my dreams. And like they say, like there is more to life. And especially with the Harlem Jets, their philosophy is there's more to life than football and sports, that they're constantly on their kids about their grades and making sure that they're getting counseling and um, ACT, SAT prep, all of that. And so it's awesome just to see BYU being um, affiliated with that. Uh, Before we let you go, I understand you brought a little gift for the set. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. So I noticed, you know, all your props, but there's nothing cheer-related. So I brought some of my old palms. This is awesome. Pom-poms. We get get a set for football. You keep calling them palms. Should we not be calling them (laughs) pom-poms? Well, it's a palm and a palm. Oh, yeah. They're palms or it's a pom-pom. Can you get a cheer from you real fast here? Oh, please do. Rick'em, rack'em, rack'em, wait. Okay. <laughs> wait, that's I, from... I regret that immediately. That's, that's from... No, that's from... Uh, wow. I don't think I've ever heard the, that the in my life. Cave of Wonders. It's from the Cave of Wonders. The oh. genie does that. Oh, oh from uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Rick'em, rack'em, rack'em, rake. Stick that sword into that snake. <laughs> well, thank you We're going to straight display these uh, prominently. Hey, and if anybody thinks they're overprogrammed and too busy, they can call Janae Hyde oh, for yeah. some advice yeah. on how to manage life. I can't believe all I'll the things that you're doing. I'll set up a planner or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can help. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, Janae. Appreciate thank it. you for having me. It's you up. bet. Hey, coming up, women's soccer begins WCC play this weekend. And. In a place where they've never won before. Plus, my rise and shout-out goes to a BYU moment that was ranked number one in 150 years of college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout-out to today's guests, Mike Littlewood and Janae Hyde. This show is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. 
Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU men's hoops is picked to finish third according to the WCC preseason coaches poll. Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes were selected to the all-WCC preseason team. Yesterday at the conference media day, Mark Pope confirmed Gavin Baxter's injury, adding it's not for sure that he's done for the season, but that's a possibility. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah recorded one tackle for the Seahawks last night as they beat the L.A. Rams. Jamal Williams listed as questionable against the Cowboys after suffering head and neck injuries against the Eagles last Thursday. After winning AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Kyle Van Oy and the Patriots look to remain undefeated when they face the Washington Redskins. Shouldn't be that difficult. Taysom Hill and the Saints look to run over the NFC South, hosting the Buccaneers this weekend. Daniel Sorensen and Andy Reid try to stay undefeated, taking on the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football. That's a- that's our Chiefs. Our Chiefs. Right? Our Chiefs. After recording his first career interception, Michael Davis and the Chargers take on the Denver Broncos. And by the way, I predicted that Michael Davis would be good in the NFL. You did. I do remember you saying that. Harvey Longy, Bronson Kafusi, and the New York Jets travel to Philly to take on the Eagles. Soccer. Number four women's soccer begins WCC play tomorrow as it travels to Santa Clara to face the Broncos. The Cougars are a perfect 10-0. They're looking for their first ever win at Santa Clara. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio at 107.9 FM beginning at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 Pacific. Volleyball. Women's volleyball improves to 4-0 in conference play, sweeping Pacific last night in Stockton. BYU is at St. Mary's tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. You can check it out on the WCC Network. All right, it's time for our Rise and Shoutouts. Where are you going today, Blaine? So I'm going to Seattle with my Rise and Shout. Okay. Back to Seattle. We okay. mentioned this earlier, but I'm giving a shout-out to our boy, Jerem Jordan. He's not been here this week with us, obviously. He was in the house at CenturyLink last night to support Ziggy Ansah and uh, witness firsthand the Seahawks win over the Rams to take the early advantage in the NFC West. Yeah, Maya Rising shout-out's going to go to Cosmo. Uh, to celebrate 150 years of college football, ESPN had the top 10 mascot moments in college football history. The number one mascot moment in college football history was Cosmo dancing with the Cougarettes. That is absolutely awesome. Our it, question it was of, epic. Our question of the day, what are your expectations for Jaron Hall in the next three games our elite voice of the day is presented by sundance mountain resort comes from eli on facebook says from what i saw of him at the blue white scrimmage he will be just as awesome as zach wilson he's an incredible athlete who will be able to keep the program competitive moving forward i agree a hundred percent with that uh, so we're going to say sorry to Dennis Pitta again. We ran out of time again today. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag BYUSN. For Blaine, I'm Jason. Shout out to Gary Schneider. BYU Sports Nation back at it on Monday at noon Eastern. Go Cougars.